Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode of the Maze Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Macente, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. I'm so happy to welcome my new guest at the Maze Podcast, Diana Brandl, from actually all over the world, as she's now a digital nomad. Diana holds a degree in International Administration and Management, specializing in office management. Throughout her career, she has worked successfully for C-level executives at companies such as Sony, Mrs. Pax, and Bubble. She is an international keynote speaker, she's a trainer, she's a coach with a strong background in communication, and she's a dynamic networker. She wrote a lot of articles in Germany and abroad focusing on digital transformation, new work, personal branding, strategic networking, and leadership which are also the topics that we are discussing in our conversation. She is a LinkedIn Learning Instructor and she was named as Women of the Week by the Global Digital Women and she has been nominated for the Digital Female Leader Award. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Diana. Hello. Welcome to the Maze Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you? Ciao Marco. Actually, we need to speak Italian now um, because Indeed. I'm in Italy at the moment, as you know, but unfortunately, you need to teach me Italian a bit more because <laughs> uh, I would be a bit embarrassed to talk to you Italian, but I'm glad uh, we have a chance to talk to each other. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you, Diana. And of course, uh, now you are tuning in from Italy uh, because uh, I have already shared with the audience a little bit of, uh, about uh, your experience and your background. You are now uh, traveling, right, uh, all around the world. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you are a global trainer, you're a coach, you're a global speaker, you have your own business uh, after having worked more than 15 years, right, in the admin profession. So uh, I already shared with the audience uh, uh, about your background and I'm so happy now that we are able to be in Italy, but uh, who knows, maybe we are able to catch up also in another country because, of course, uh, I love traveling. You know that uh, this is uh, one of my passion as well as the podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are very in in uh, in um, uh, in the same um, synergy and uh, I really perceive the positive energy that you are sharing, Diana. Absolutely. And as you know, traveling is really a passion for both of us. Um, yeah. I'm very happy that I'm able to work this way. The same for you. Yeah. So the remote work, of course, is, is a new future of work. And um, a lot of companies have been switching to, to new models. That's the way you attract people. And I'm glad that also my clients are super easy when it comes to delivering online trainings rather than live trainings. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, so, Diana, let's uh, deep dive into our discussion, our conversation because I have a few questions for you and I would like uh, to let the audience be inspired as I am, as I was and as I will listening to you, to your suggestions, to your insights. So you are a global uh, coach, you are a speaker and uh, um, you are working with different multinational companies. You teach admin professionals to be strategic business partners when working with executives and leaders. So the the topic is millennium managers. Now, as you know, I'm a lead and I work with uh, different teams across different projects. And I always find inspirational your approach and your insights about uh, millennium managers and how we can adjust the communication style, the partnership and the engagement when, when working with them. Mm. So 
Could you please uh, share with us your insights on this topic and also uh, based on what you see in your rooms when you teach to others? Yes, I remember when I started talking about this topic many years ago, because I was working with these millennial managers. So I, yeah. I learned it on the job. I got to know these younger generations who have a different understanding of the role of the assistant. They see us as partners. They don't see us as just an assistant. They want to involve us. They, they are tough. They challenge us for sure, because they have a clear understanding of the business and how assistants should help them. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I was a bit confused coming into to this direction in this new direction of office management because I found out that a lot of the things that I've been doing and the tasks that I have been performing they were taken away from me so it was a really a culture shock for me and and I had to learn and I had to talk very openly with my managers about it because um, they had other plans with me they wanted me to lead a team like you lead uh, yeah. other people in your team. They wanted me to take part more in meetings, not only to write the minutes, but also to moderate them. So yeah. I was in charge of social media for one of my executives um, back then. And this is exactly what I predicted in my trainings when I started this some years ago. And now it's happening because the new generations of managers is here. We work with them. They are even on the top level, on the CEO level. And assistants are preparing for this new culture and this new direction of management. And it's not always easy for them, especially when they come from a very traditional background. It's not always easy to adjust. So um, I actually tell everyone, if you ever have a chance to work with the younger uh, generations of manager, go for it. Because mm -hmm. you will get access to so many different fields because you feel that you are really a partner to them yeah. and not just the add-on, you know? Of course. Uh, so let's say that working with the millennium managers uh, is um, uh, the working style is a very um, fast-paced, right? We need mm -hmm. to be very mm -hmm. fast in what we do. They expect a lot, uh, but they are able to recognize the work that we do uh, mostly. Mm -hmm. it. Of course, we cannot uh, say that is always black and white because mm -hmm. each individual is different from one another. But let's mm -hmm. say that uh, the mentality and the approach that the millennium managers has can influence the way that we work and uh, they engagement that we can establish with them. Is that correct, Bayana? Yes, absolutely. They are super fast paced and they have a lot of great creative ideas and uh, they sometimes just, um, yeah, want you to be on the same speed level, which was not always easy for me at the beginning, especially when it came to technology. They were aware of apps and tools I've never heard of. Yeah. So I really had to do a lot of research. I really had to read the right magazines. I really had to carefully read what's coming in into their inboxes and newsletters and everything that attracted them. It had yeah. to be attracted to me myself, you know, yeah. so I had to study a lot and I really had to learn how to understand them, but it was worth, it was really worth running these extra miles because I got access to so many different fields. And yeah. what I see now as a trainer in, in, in my trainings, um, exactly these messages are coming back from other assistants who all of a sudden say, hey, my boss wants me to take care of his LinkedIn account. I need to prepare posts. I need to take care of other social media channels because the the brand of these younger generations of managers is very important. They want to have a good and a strong brand out there on social media. And they do involve their assistants. And some of them are a bit frightened in the beginning and uh, they want to know more about social media. And others say, hey, I love social media. I do this myself a lot. So this is a next step for me to yeah. help my 
executive as well to to position themselves. So it's it's new fields that are here, and this is exactly what I was predicting many years ago. Because yeah. now what I hear from other assistants is exactly what they're uh, tasked to do. Yeah. Of course. So that let's say that the key that we need to use in order to perform as best as we can is to be strategic, a business partner. Being mm -hmm. a business partner um, will not suffice. We need to be uh, strategic. Uh, and this means uh, being able to be one step ahead, being able to uh, be uh, 360 degrees open to each opportunity mm -hmm. that is uh, surrounding us, right? And be mm -hmm. able to be proactive in order to uh, engage our manager, but maybe our team and each stakeholder that is working with us. So the strategic yes, and approach, I absolutely. think, is, is important. And the good thing is that the 360 degree is also valid for the manager himself yeah. or herself because they are super open to feedback. They yeah. are very uh, open to work on themselves. I was just, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I did a post on LinkedIn where actually a younger executive joined my training, which was actually designed for assistance, but he signed up for it. It was a typical millennial manager who uh, was about to have an assistant and he wanted mm -hmm. to do it right. So he yeah. signed up for the training. All the other assistants in the training, of course, they were blown away by this young gentleman showing up and yeah. giving, giving us a fantastic time because he was able able to to give yeah to to show his perspective and to raise questions and we were able to to support him so that's fantastic to see that they are open to prepare themselves to deliver um, a good performance together with yeah. their assistants and uh, this is something I would love to see more but mm -hmm. I think the traditional generation is maybe not very open for that because they are more the command and the control generation and mm -hmm. the millennial managers are really more agile and they're really yeah. open to learn and they don't look into hierarchies too much. Yes. So that's fantastic. That's really yeah. fantastic. And I, I think we're going to see this more. Yeah. Yeah, they like breaking the stereotypes, right? They are not uh, focusing just on a role or, or on a title, that, but they are able to be lead uh, and to, to, to be a leader. Uh, exactly. In, in in the very in the proper meaning of the word right uh, leading uh, influencing and inspiring others so mm -hmm. yeah thanks a lot for these uh, sum up uh, i'm sure that the audience will treasure these insights as i will thanks a lot diana of course anytime so let's move on because I have another question for you, Diana. Um, of course, uh, we um, in 2020, uh, the pandemic blew up the entire world and uh, uh, the entire business was completely and has been completely changed, right? Because the pandemic changed our way of working, our, work, our, our way uh, of doing business. Mm -hmm. So speaking about the skills and the abilities that professionals should have, after the pandemic, which are, in your opinion, the most critical ones in order to stay on the competitive edge? Mm -hmm. Well, I think we we have, I mean, there's, a, again, technology, the answer number one, especially since we now see how fast AI is coming into our workplace. So there's not a single day that we are reading something about ChatGPT or any other of the tools that are about to approach us. I mean, Microsoft announced the Copilot 365 some weeks ago, which is a 
a co-pilot. Mm -hmm. Again, automation, AI, something that is doing certain routine tasks and standard tasks. But let's remember you assistants out there listening to this podcast, you are the co-pilots. So we need to be aware again, how fast the technology is, is evolving and we need to be on the top of the game. So I definitely see more AI training related seminars and webinars um, coming our way and um, many trainer colleagues are out there already delivering these trainings. Um, I, I was offering a German session together with a trainer colleague and we had over 300 people signing up to that. So we see the amount of, of knowledge that is needed in order to understand what is coming to our workplace. Mm -hmm. And um, this is something that is super, super crucial and important for assistants that we stay ahead of the game here. And not only for um, ChatGPT or anything other related because there are more players coming on, onto the market. I also see a high demand for other automation tools. Um, I highly recommend, and I was just having this um, conversation with a trainer colleague of mine as well, um, who teaches tech tools. Um, I think we should specialize also on the on the power apps from Microsoft, Power BI, Power Automate, where we actually really go into the coding mode. And I, I know this might frighten a few people like, oh, I don't want to be a coder, but uh, that's what we're going to see in the future, because we're going to play with AI, we're going to play with automation tools and the co-pilot when this is coming into the mainstream from Microsoft it's part of the 365 family. So we're going to yeah. deal with it. And I can highly recommend assistance really, really, um, because we have been observing how fast everything was happening when the pandemic hit. We all became virtual. Now we talk about hybrid. So we've been setting up hybrid structures and we are not going to the office every single day. So next to the adaption and the understanding of the tools that are needed. I also want to go on the soft skill side and I really, really want to remind you all that even if this might be just a human soft skill, but networking and, you know, listening, active listening, the day you go to the office, don't care about how much you, you get off your to-do list the day you go to the office, invest in networking go to the right people, have your strategic alliances, you know, who needs to see your face, who do you need to have a coffee with, who was someone new from a department you need to meet, who needs to know your brand. Yeah. So I always tell my my attendees and my trainings, because everyone keeps telling me, every time when I go to the office, I almost don't do a lot of work because I see so many other people. I haven't seen them for, for quite a while. So don't be too hard on yourself because this is also work. The moment yeah. you network, you network for yourself and you network for your manager, right? Yeah. And the moment you listen, you learn something. Yeah. So be very focused also on these softer skills. Next to technology, I think also the networking and the active listening and the learning that comes out of the active listening is two of the top skills that are needed in the future. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot for sharing uh, those kind of insights, Diana, and I fully agree with you. Um, the pandemic has driven uh, this change and uh, technology soft skills are the ones that uh, um, our managers and in general companies uh, want to see, right, uh, in, in the professionals that are working uh, uh, in teams across different projects. So those kind of skills can make the difference mm -hmm. and, of course, uh, can help us to perform uh, um, as best as we can. So thanks a lot for sharing. Yes. And as I always say, stay agile because yeah. the moment you stop, 
innovating yourself, you are in trouble because yeah. we need to really innovate ourselves. We need to read, we need to learn, we need to adapt, we need to reskill. I think a huge part will be reskilling yeah. in the next years. So this is something I, I always say, make sure that you put time in your agenda for that. Yeah. Have your inno innovative, have your creative blocks in your agenda. Make sure that your active work on, on skills, on strength, you really want to build up. Uh, you either go on YouTube, you go to a networking group on LinkedIn, or you study somewhere else. But I think really putting specific time in your agenda is really, really crucial for success. And I do yeah. that myself. That's how yeah. I create create new trainings. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, thanks a lot, Diana. Let's move on because uh, we stay in this trend, speaking about the pandemic, and I wanted to touch uh, another important topic uh, that is uh, uh, advocacy and advocating for what uh, we do and for who we are. Because we saw um, a, a trend that was a great resignation, right, uh, coming uh, um, from and after the pandemic. Uh, and uh, we have also uh, the quit quitting. Uh, we have also different uh, um, uh, signals, let's say, in the market that uh, uh, show how people uh, want uh, to be treated as humans, right, mm -hmm. uh, and as human beings. Uh, so. Uh, speaking about advocacy and ad uh, and advocating for what uh, we do and uh, who we are, how, in your opinion, this is very important and how can we do this assertively? Yes. As you know, I'm working with a lot of companies who have internal assistant networks. I help them to strategically build this up. So I've been involved from the day one, how they set this up. And uh, there are big names out there like Siemens or Bosch. And um, it's always interesting to see that these companies have obviously thousands of assistants. But uh, yeah, for sure, not everyone is involved. Not everyone is even aware of that. Um, I remember when I was a young assistant, every time when I came to a new company, I wanted to meet other assistants. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find out, is there a women's network? Is there an assistance network? When I heard that there's no assistance network, I started myself one, right? So the moment I got more familiar with the job and the company, I wanted to be the one setting this up, you know? Um, and this is how it all starts because we have every one of us, you and I and many other people, we have individual voices. But yes. when we come together and we have that big, loud voice and we need to have this voice because again, the World Economic Forum came out with a new Future of Jobs report. And again, our profession was under the top 10 of reduced jobs in the future. So we need to be loud. We need to really, really go out there. And the moment we come together and we have a lot of great associations and networks out there, we have the uh, Global Skills Matrix from the uh, World Administrators Alliance that is helping us to really shape the profession and to go out there, every single one of us, and be an advocate and um, go out there with their drums and <laughs> to, to really, really support our profession. I think it's all of our duties. And I know yeah. that there are a lot of people out there, they do their jobs and they do them well, and they're not interested in networking and that's totally fine so i always tell these assistants and the people who are out there on the voluntary basis and you have been involved yourself in a lot of voluntary work yeah. right 
I did the same with IMA. I did the same with other associations, with the World Administrators Alliance. I was involved and I did various functions there. I never got a penny for that because I never wanted anything because I knew I do it for everyone that is following us. These people who are stepping into the profession now, they might have a tougher time coming in, right? So once again, we need to join forces and we really, really need to go out there. And the moment there are around five assistants in a company, I always tell my clients, start, you know, establishing a circle of excellence because yeah. this is your signal towards management. This is your signal towards HR. And this is your signal towards yourself, how to position yourself and tell everyone that when, when you meet once a week, it's not for a coffee, it's for a, an agenda, it's for strategic work and it's for a vision and the mission. So that's what a lot of um, associations do very well. And I'm very honored whenever I get a chance to speak to them. Um, I'm actually running a workshop with uh, an association in South Africa very soon and also uh, speaking for IMA and this is how I give my free time of course I would know yeah and and this is really something I enjoy doing because it is all our duty to do that and mm -hmm. of course social media is a big big instrument for us and I'm glad to see that more assistants are more um, cu courageous to go out there and to share their stories you know like mm -hmm. like you do with your podcast here yeah, of course. Uh, let's say that uh, um, more you give, uh, then uh, more you will receive back, right? Exactly. So this is a very golden rule that uh, we should keep in mind when networking and when sharing uh, our experiences yes. and the things that we live. Absolutely. And um, it is so important that, you know, um, when I talk to people that I meet at a conference or at a training and they complain about various situations, my question is always, so what do you do to, to make this, that, that this is going to change? You yeah. know, what do you give? give you know what do you offer is it your free time is it your knowledge is it a network so you, you, we need to offer something we cannot hold our hands and can say hello i yeah. want to have more money i want to have a nicer title you know we need yes. to offer something and and i think that's very important that we all do that and once again um uh, talk about expectation management also with our stakeholders you know are yeah. we aligned so what are we offering and what is the other side expecting from us and i think this is is not always the case. This is why there's a lack of communication between mm -hmm. sometimes managers and, and assistants. And um, yeah, still work to do for all of us. <laughs> of course, of course. So thanks a lot for sharing again. Uh, such a kind of amazing suggestions. Diane. Sure. Uh, let's go to the my last question. That is one of your um, hot uh, topic that you that that you do in your trainings because we can say that you are a guru on personal branding. Uh, you teach uh, and you are you have you are, you have been teaching a lot of times about personal branding. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, in your opinion, uh, why it is so important uh, to create and build a personal brand in order to again stay on competitive edge, but at the same time uh, to let people know who we are. Yes. 
because no one else is going to do it for you. We have yeah. to do it for ourselves. You know, we should not wait until someone tells us, oh, Marco is a great assistant or um, whoever is doing this. That's great. You know, it's sometimes not happening. So I know sometimes it is tough for a lot of people out there, especially when they are more shy personalities, when they are more introverts, they have a hard time going out there, being outspoken and tell everyone, hello, that's me. That's my skills. That's my strength. And this is what I have to offer. That's why I teach in my trainings um, a lot, the elevator pitch, you know, how to produce your 30 seconds elevator pitch. And this is a hard, hard, hard thing for many of my attendees, because as I always call it, it's a trailer of you. You know, it's a it, like a little movie trailer. You only see a sequence. And um, of course, we all have much more to tell, but an elevator pitch is only 30 to a minimum of 90 seconds. So whenever you have a chance to meet someone and you need to pitch yourself, you need to share your story in a brief way, that's the elevator pitch. A lot of recruiters are using this for um, application. Um, so this is something we've been seeing for years and I teach this in my trainings and I, I see how, how many people are struggling because first of all, we don't believe in ourselves. We sometimes believe we are not enough. We don't have the right capacities in order to present ourselves. But as I always say, it's a it's like riding the bike. The more you really use it, the more you train it, you you will find it in a very simple way because it's you you know it's our why it's our value proposition yeah. it's what our passion is all about and this is why i'm a big believer in writing elevator pitches and by the way people who work with me they need to come on a stage and they need to perform their elevator pitch and yeah. even this is a tougher moment for them but at the end everyone says diana I'm so glad I did it because it brought me out of my comfort zone. And now I know who I am and what I want to really put into this 30 to 90 seconds uh, elevator pitch. But before, yeah. of course, you write this down, you need to be fully aware of your why, of your how, of your what, and um, know exactly what is what is really relevant in order to, to bring this out. And I always recommend to people, there's a wonderful information box on your LinkedIn profile. And once you are confident and you have your elevator pitch, bring it to your LinkedIn profile yeah. because this is what people see from you. And I've, I enjoy, enjoy reading all these elevator pitches. Every time when there's a new connection request coming in, I look at the profile and I always look, is there an elevator pitch? Because these few lines give me uh, a feeling, who is this person? Because as you know, Marco, and you are also connected with a lot of people around the world, yeah. sometimes we'll never meet these people in person right yeah so that's why we want to have a connection virtually and yeah. i'm a big believer in having a great linkedin profile putting all the information out there that your audience gets a lot of yeah a lot of insights from you yeah and that's why i want to encourage uh, not only assistants but everyone that comes to my yeah. trainings to go out there and to become loud again and to send this uh, send this into your profile because this is how people get a, a quick overview about you. And um, this is really, really crucial. And it really writing this down and maybe sharing this with your circle of trust because it is a kind of a tricky, really tricky um, little exercise. And sometimes yeah. it takes weeks for my clients to come back with their elevator pitches. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to wrap up, uh, I would like to focus on uh, two things that I love uh, uh, that you mentioned. So 
finding our why is absolutely mm -hmm. uh, important in order to be able to share our why with others, of course. But mm -hmm. first, we need to find our why inside in order to be able to identify it. And uh, second, of course, we need to uh, stay consistent, right? Authentic mm -hmm. in order mm -hmm. to let everybody uh, see who we are uh, 100% uh, uh, in an in our inner circle in an in our inner part so yes. i have a quote that i love and i wanted to share this with all of, uh, with you and with the audience um it's not a new one but uh, uh, some people that will be joining the podcast may find uh, this interesting people who are able to shine from within do not need the spotlight mm -hmm. and i think that the why is pretty much the light that we have uh, from within. And if we have this light that is, uh, let, let, uh, let's say, like a why, we do not need a spotlight because we will be able to shine in, right? Um, uh, um, on, with our own light, that will make the difference. So what do you That's think? That's true. That is true. And, you know, just to give you a little history about how I started all of this. Yeah. Um, I'm now six years into the business as an entrepreneur. And yeah. I remember um, when I started on social media, it was not my official name. You know, I remember my Facebook account. I, I had a totally different name. I was too shy to be out there. Um, I was three years into my business when I had a, a website, you know. Um, so it takes time, you know. You should never be in a rush. So always go with the things that, that really, really bring you, yeah. bring you the best. And sometimes it's under the surface. Sometimes you don't need to be out there writing a post every week. What you yeah. do and how you do it, other people do it and they're having successful posts. So it needs to be, as you said, very authentic. And if you are more the introvert person and you still know what you do and you deliver a, a fantastic job every single day, be proud of yourself, even without yeah. posting it outside. But I want to get give credit to the people who go out there and are brave enough. And I know a lot of them are super nervous the moment they hit the the send button, you know, the publish button, because they, they're going to say, are they going to like my post? How many likes? How many shares? How many comments? And every producer on LinkedIn has this feeling, every producer on social media, including me. And sometimes our posts attract more people and sometimes less people. But let's never, ever define a number yeah. of your success, right? Of so away with the numbers whenever yeah. you feel comfortable to bring your brand out on social media go for it yeah. and um and don't don't worry if uh, sometimes 10 people are, are seeing this post and the next time maybe it's 120 so it's not about numbers it's about the courage you have to to do that of course. yeah because we are in this together <laughs> exactly and there's always a community waiting for you to supporting you yeah. you included marco and many other people so um whenever you find it's it's time for the right step go for yeah. it <laughs> thanks a lot diane it has been an amazing conversation i really want to thank you for your time i really a pleasure um, and look forward to um speaking to you again wishing you all the best safe travel and uh, Kisses, a kissing from Italy. Grazie mille. <laughs> I'm Ciao. always, uh, I'm always uh, amazed what you do and what you travel and what's next on your agenda. Because I yeah. thought I travel a lot, but there's always something uh, about Marco traveling the world as well. I think we need to look at our mileage accounts. Who has more <laughs> fly, fly, flying miles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you beat me already. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Ciao. Thank you so much. Bye bye.